Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Knights of Evening Star. I'm your Dungeon Master, Mark Sherlock Humes, and I am joined by the wonderful, wonderful people uh, that you can see now upon your screen. My dear friends, uh, my good companions from across the ocean, all the way across, across the sea, uh, we join you for some dungeons and dragons. Uh, of course, I'm joined by Jonathan Indovino, uh, Anna Prosser, uh, Nate Sharp, and Mika Burton as well. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, how is how are folks? Are we ready for some D and D? And we're joined by this floof. And, oh no, that's a little baby. Also by happiness key. Happiness key. Happiness key. Oh, because oh, I can roll over and give them a face. Out. Come on, no, no, no sleeping. No you can just rotate the floof. Hello. Yes. So How will we be? Uh, familiar acquired for yes. certain. A little flamey, flamey fire spirit just for Agnes. He looks like a little uh, fire spirit. She does. Super cute. Very fitting. Uh, but yeah, uh, we are here to play some Dungeons and Dragons um, and just have a general good time. If you're new to the stream, um, you're probably not, but if you are, the whole concept of this campaign is it is kind of uh, all about a, a group of nobles and high-level officials who are running a small village in the nation of Cormir, which is set in the Forgotten Realms. Cormir is a land of war wizards, knights, uh, courtroom politics, and all of that kind of good stuff. Um, and our party here have been put in charge of a small town called Evening Star. Uh, some of them have power over the military, some of them have uh, authority over magic, and some of them are nobles uh, who basically own the land. They've already had several little mini adventures they've made some friends uh, they've got some wacky npcs that live in the village with them um and today's episode is gonna it's gonna be an interesting one because i think that it's it's gonna form a very good starting off point because we're gonna see a bit of time acceleration going on um but i do have a bit of a recap but is there anything anything anybody wants to bring up mention talk about anything that they want to yeah. share with the class yeah Please. before i forget I was literally bragging to people about uh, drunk Agnes and Tarkal uh, doing tricks, <laughs> celebrating her five flames, and I just wanted it to be known that scene was perfect. And that's I my felt speech. so too. That was definitely that was a highlight for me. Yeah. I feel like after that, I finally i i came to a new level of loving and appreciating these siblings. I feel like I understand yes. them better. Hundred percent. Uh, like to, to also hear. add off of that, I feel like we finally had a moment as a full family at the mm. at the feast, and I think that. I, I appreciated that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. It was one of those things that you guys wanted at the end of season one was a bit more sort of like found family kind of coming together. And we're mm -hmm. going to have those moments crop up, I think. So hopefully Yay. we'll have some more in the future. Also, well, another let's... administrative oh. thing is that I still haven't changed the chat command for Agnes's character sheet. sheet. So oh. I'm linking the current character sheet in chat right now nice. if you want to follow along. Perfect. So if you want to check those out, check out all the things that gets in level ups and spells and all that good stuff, you can check out the character sheets in D&D &D Beyond. Um, but yeah, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about last week then. Uh, last week, the party finished their business in Arabelle, the neighboring city, and they freed their seneschal, who's kind of an advisor who helps manage things around the kingdom, a tiefling man called Dusk, who uh, has revealed that they used to once work for the Black Network, Black Network uh the zentrim uh and that perhaps their background is more uh gray and shady than it was first believed yeah, um you got it you got it got the joke 
I'm watching uh, you, Mark. Not, it's not even a joke. <laughs> uh, they the party then returned to Evening Star, where they spent a few days connecting with each other, building up some bonds. We saw Tarkle and Willow Song, a strange uh, a woman who claims to be the daughter of a fae uh, from the King's Forest. Uh, they forged a sort of pact, a partnership where Tarkal has begun to develop strange magical powers um, in the promise of return and allyship uh, to Willow Song and her mother Shadowbriar. Uh, Agnes was visited by a former mentor, Garland Six Flames of the Wildfire Circle, uh, who brought troubling news from the Feywild that the Summer Court, currently sort of ruling over the Feywild, is clashing with the forces of Cormyr uh, over various, various matters and that things are beginning to escalate. Uh, Azara had a strange calling to a broken shrine out in the mountains where a divine force has begun to make a connection uh, with Azara, yet to be developed, uh, but still one being uh, built upon as uh, things build. And Marcel told a joke. That happened last week. Uh, uh, his sword re returned a funny joke, and that, that was excellent <laughs> that was a highlight of the moment <laughs> you forgot the other very important news that the wildfire druid brought which was that agnes is now five flames that's true i i yeah that is absolutely very true i had that in my notes and i completely glossed over it uh I, agnes did indeed receive a promotion not once but twice um and is now considered one of the more senior druids of the wildfire circle don't worry uh, i will remember that always <laughs> and i will make sure I to tell you session just so uh -huh. you know Agnes I'm Agnes sure it won't come up. <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, Marcel did tell a joke. Yeah, that's. I mean, come on. That's. I mean, I didn't want to say that it's better than being a fire flame, but I was. I was thinking it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what was the joke. How did I forget? <sighs> it was something about being sharp. Oh it yeah. It was. I said. Then, this. I said he has a point. Oh, that's what it was. A point. <laughs> and the sword replied really with, good. "Of course I have." Yeah, and then he said, "Yes, of course yeah. I have a sword." That was, ha, nothing's good. funnier than explaining a joke. Uh, <laughs> anyway, seriously. <laughs> everything culminated in a kind of party of celebration for agnes is promotion uh and we had a very drunk agnes and like like the guys mentioned a a found family moment where everyone was sort of more brought together um where things have been a bit tenuous uh and things have been developing we had a lovely moment of of building um before we jump into like the full character RP and things like that, I'm going to say that there's going to be a little bit of uh, not bookkeeping, but there's going to be some sort of more mechanical stuff uh, today um, because we're going to kind of cover a long period of time. Um, the the party have paid the funds to have their keep rebuilt to build new facilities within the village of Evening Star. It is growing. It's a burgeoning village. And if we played out every single day, uh, this we we wouldn't see a built keep for like four seasons so we're gonna probably jump ahead a little bit in time and there's still gonna be stuff that happens i'm gonna go around and give the players each a chance to kind of talk about what happens um but one thing to start us off with is dusk your seneschal uh will uh basically call all of you together so assume that you have all been gathered together uh to talk about taxation ho ho are you ready twitch chat we're going to role play some taxes. Oh, oh yeah. man. Oh, man. Everyone's favorite. Um, so Dusk basically brings you together uh, with uh, stacks of parchments and, and ledgers uh, and basically uh, proffers this. Uh, my lords and ladies, uh, it is uh, about time for the local, uh, for our, uh, our seasonal tax collection, our tithe. Um, 
I don't want to bore you with the minutiae of every every penny and copper piece that needs to be collected. Uh, I offer three simple options, uh, really. We could maintain the regular tax, as has been taxed throughout Cormier's history of its people, uh, which would which would return us around sixteen hundred gold. Uh, for the treasury. We could enforce a higher tax, claiming, uh, making sure that we have enough funds to build additional infrastructure, although this may anger some of the populace. It may cause them to uh, become a little bit uh, tired of having to pay out extra money if they do not see the return. Or we can charge them a lower rate of tax, which would drain, which would be more damaging to our personal treasury uh, for yourselves and the uh, maintenance of the buildings and the keeps and the units, um, but would make the people very happy. Uh, these three options are really our best approach. Anything more complicated than this uh, would probably become too, too much tedium for yourselves or I to really bear. Uh, I must make a point that the crown of Cormy does expect us to pay 800 gold uh, of the taxes uh, into the royal funds for other cities, for the armies, uh, for infrastructure and elsewhere. This is part and parcel of, uh, of giving, being granted titles and land by the crown. Um, the rest of it, however, would be ours to keep. I also have some additional income from various buildings and services we provide here in Evening Star, which would not be susceptible to the, uh, the personage tax. Uh, how would you like to proceed? This should be a decision that is made between the four of you, uh, but the Baron and Baroness would have the ultimate last say. Well, of course, you can assume that I believe it is our responsibility to take care of the fiscal needs of our village and the people should not bear the brunt of it. So I did assume your ladyship. Yes. So you would like to reduce the amount of taxes we charge. Is this something you are all in agreement with? Um, sister, I, I do agree that we shouldn't burden the people too heavily, but maybe we can start off in the middle and promise to lower taxes due to, everything of repairing the keep and taking over evening star uh and if the people are used to this if we say we're working hard to lower the the taxes perhaps we'll win them over a little bit more i have to agree with uh master crown silver here um seeing as our funds are uh embarrassingly dry until we can <laughs> until we personally can take it upon ourselves to uh pick up bounties or come upon some treasure to fill out our stocks it would only be helpful for the people to continue to have an emergency fund to be able to bail ourselves out say another group of raiders comes and burns everything down again <laughs> but until that time does come and we have excess surplus of course the people would be thrilled to have a lower tax haven't we discussed a system where those who want to contribute to the rebuilding of the town are given the option to contribute we, more? We discussed this, uh, Johannes, indeed. I, I did consider it and I have uh, spoken to people always. My concern here is if we make this offer of good faith, it will simply be a case of people will not make the additional funds. Uh, Taxes are something that nobody wishes to pay, but they 
go towards our armies. They go towards the foundations of our embassies to keep our alliances with neighboring kingdoms strong. These are necessary payments for a greater kingdom. Uh, I fear that that would be no different to us uh, offering the lower income uh, tax. That would be no different. Uh, you would see the same return, your ladyship. A wise idea, but I'm afraid not one that would uh, yield much result. Well, <clears throat> it seems that keeping the taxes the same are the consensus. However, I would like to note that it is a goal of mine that our citizens will not bear the brunt of the financial burden any longer than they have to. A noble goal, my lady. Uh, unless, Minister Marcel, you have anything to add? Very well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing is, Minister Marcel, your own personal payment uh, will be received at the end of this season. Uh, would you like it delivered to your room in any particular form? Uh, gold coins or uh, as such? What other forms are there? Do you have what, like gemstones? Uh, gemstones could be paid. Uh, you could have it uh, provided to you in uh, other arrears. Uh, matters of banknotes for the cities, that sort of thing. I suspected you might be a man of hard currency. Gold is fine. Very well. Uh, very well. well. With that in mind, by my calculations, uh, your lord and ladyship, if you would maintain the current tax rates, nothing will much change. With our upkeep for our military units, which is around 50 gold a season, uh, along with the additional income from our farms, from the tavern which you've repaired, the herbalist and the blacksmith, I suspect our current treasury to be 1,250 gold pieces uh, available. Uh, and I've made a note of this in our treasury. Uh, something for you to keep a note of for the future. Uh, the other matter is that the, the taxes will need to be escorted to Arabelle and beyond. Um, are we capable, Minister Marcel, of having a unit offer some protection? Uh, Blade Captain Alyssa's unit, perhaps? Well, that is one of the things that the taxpayers pay for. Indeed. Very well. He just sort of nods. Um, He's like, and that, that that was a yes. <laughs> I yes, I know. Uh, I am aware. Uh, he just sort of like nods his head uh, and says, "Well, with that, uh, that my my business concerning the taxes is uh, concluded. Uh, I believe that uh, Mason Dagmar uh, should have the keep finished by month's end, um, and from there we can discuss our next steps with how you wish to expand Evening Star. There are many wonderful opportunities, either adding new facilities and infrastructure, upgrading what we have already." Um, Expanding the keep, I believe, to be a very pricey, but uh, potentially uh, certainly a statement uh, purchase, if nothing else. Um, but until then, uh, things seem quite quiet. I do not have any report. There are no festivals. There are no immediate appointments. Uh, it will take some time for these matters to be handled. So I leave it all to you, my lords and ladies. And he just nods his head. Uh, and Dusk, you have you um, managed to or come across any opportunities for adventuring bounties anything that we might do to provide for the town well in terms of uh yourselves as individuals i'm afraid not 
your ladyship, uh, not quite. If you wish to send, um, for example, uh, Minister Marcel's companion, Hadley Cooper, uh, or Alyssa Capblade, Captain Alyssa's units, uh, there are always roving bands of bandits or areas to patrol. The mountains are particularly dangerous. There are no charted trails or paths through them. Monsters like to make nests and dens, uh, but they need to be properly scouted. We could always send uh, the units up in there to, clean, uh, to try and clear them out and to map them and make sure they're safe. Likewise with the Kingswood or patrolling the roads. These opportunities can yield uh, gains in financial matters, um, but obviously they do put our units at risk as well. Uh, in terms of yourselves as individuals, uh, nothing that I can share with you just yet, but I will keep looking. How much do we pay Minister Marcel? Uh, Minister Marcel is not paid by Evening Star. Minister Marcel is actually paid by the Crown itself. So the taxpayers are actually paying Minister Marcel's wage. Uh, I have nice. it here on Welcome record. Welcome for all they're worth, Marcel. She like high fives the air, even though he doesn't high five her back. <laughs> just like leaves it hanging. Uh, Dust she kind just of, like, like she knows he's not going to do it. So she like puts it up and then's like, yeah, and then puts it down. <laughs> High fives herself. Yeah. Um, Dust kind of pauses for a moment, uh, lets the high five echo through the chamber. It's like, <clears throat> uh, Minister Marcel's wage I have down here, and this might, I might have told you something different, but I might have to retcon this after doing some calculations, Marcel. Uh, I have it down as approximately 300 gold a season, 100, 100 gold uh, a month. Uh, oh. He is paid, he is paid very well uh, as a mercenary. Um, so make sure that Minister Marcel is put to the benefit of Cormier, my lady. Above game, do war wizards get paid? No, no, it's cool. an <laughs> o- honor and a privilege to be a war wizard. Joke. Yeah, it's honor and a privilege. You're serving your country. You're I'm, like a government I'm worker. So That's so great. Honored and government workers get paid. Yeah, you get paid in having a free magic tower that you live in without paying rent and you have all your meals provided. For I mean, you. like, whatever, but like some gold would be chill. I'm just saying. I mean, there's nothing to stop you making money on the side, Azara. You're oh. not restricted from uh, making money on the side. There's making no, magic items no and moonlighting. But don't you want to go buy uh, some cool dresses with honor? Like, yeah, paid and exposure, am I right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Album it's the same way that nobles sharp. don't get paid nobles just you know they just have land and they they you know get income tax technically you could claim that any of the treasury is available to you to be spent as well uh for your purposes whereas marcel can't really do that true, <laughs> marcel's true, like no nope. <laughs> this, is, this is military money only i take back my outrage <laughs> um so i can i can add that right 300 gold, yes. Cool. Um, you can add 300 gold. Uh, for Azara, uh, Agnes, and Tarkal, there is 1,250 gold in the treasury. Um, and that is technically your money. Like, that is money, especially for the crown silvers, from your lands and your businesses that you basically own to do with as you wish. You could spend that, that on yourselves. Um, is that pre the taxes we were just talking about? That is after everything. That's after the taxes and the money going to the crown and everything else. You have right now 1,250 gold in your treasury. You don't have to worry about anything going out of that unless you want to spend it, right? That Azara, is yours you, to decide. If you were asking about money because you want to buy Alyssa a present, like we can hook you up. Zara will not dignify that with an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Agnes was like completely in earnest. She was not teasing. 
So to go above game a little bit, uh, there is going to be eight weeks uh, for the keep to be finished. And I would like to basically have each of you guys, you, you can basically tell me what your characters do for eight weeks. Like you all have things that you want to pursue. Um, think of this as like eight, eight weeks of quiet time. No monster attacks, no immediate threats, no adventures to go on. You have like eight weeks of downtime to kind of spend in whichever way you want. Now, one thing for, especially I know uh, Jonathan Tarkle uh, and, and Marcel wanted to do, um, if you want to go out with the units, if you want to send the units out to go and make some money, you can absolutely do that. And I've got like a special check that you'll need to make for them and stuff like that to do. Um, then there's things like the research, like Azara, like Sarah Lee will re return with some of that research during that eight weeks. Um, yeah, so it's really up to like what you guys want to do. And then at the end of those eight weeks, there will basically be uh, a bunch of stuff finished and we can kind of move on as everything in Evening Star that you've done up to now it catches up to where the game sits. Uh, so does anybody have any ideas for stuff that they would like to do and would like to kind of give us our, their first rundown of what happens with their character over that time? I know something Agnes wants to do. Sure, go for so it. Um, she has the observant trait, so she likes mm -hmm. to just like observe and know everything about people and places. And mm -hmm. especially because Evening Star is the town she's charged with, like protecting and governing, she mm -hmm. would spend a lot of this time just kind of like making visits to everyone and yeah. trying to know everyone by name. And then also not just the people, but the places, like what, um, what buildings are in good repair, what resources are sitting around that nobody's mm -hmm. using, what um, what secrets uh, about the town, like local secrets are there that someone who's just arrived might not know. Um, and so what I'm trying to achieve by the end of the eight months is that like, if I, Anna, don't know something about Evening Star, Agnes probably still does. Still does. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, how about this then, Anna? Why don't you make a... Um, make three persuasion checks for me um or actually no let's let's change it up so you want to talk to the people and learn their secrets and kind of get to know them that's a persuasion check you want to be observant of like the locations and like resources that'll be a perception check and then we'll do it for like the like you know the 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 geography would be a survival check like when you roll me those checks in that order and we'll see how many successes you get okay um, persuasion this is how like some of the downtime stuff in xanathar's works and i think we can use that uh we can basically use the same thing here uh yeah so first one will be persuasion persuasion is nine okay uh now do a uh perception 11 and then a survival 16 okay uh, so <clears throat> around that that'll probably be about one success out of the three unfortunately uh and it's not so much it, it's not that agnes fails because I don't, you get to decide that, right? Um, there is something that, that basically, there is some sort of distance between you and the people where you do get to know them, you learn their names, but maybe you don't get all of the secrets out or maybe they're, you know, maybe they're too afraid because they're, it's not that you're intimidating to them, but they're not used to a noble speaking to them on this level. Or maybe it's because there aren't any secrets. Maybe it's just that these are quite simple, common folk that don't really have a lot of, you know, secrets to bear. Um, these are all mainly just farmers and things like that. Uh, so I likewise, basically know everyone, but I don't necessarily know them as friends. 
yes yeah you've got to know their names you know their families like if like you say like is there somebody in town that can do this i'll still answer that question and be like yeah absolutely that you can go and speak to this person um in terms of the resources uh evening star is is mainly known for um it's not the most exciting village in the world (laughs) it's mainly known for its apple orchards uh it produces a lot of cheese from dairy dairy cows and things like that uh wool from can farms it also have goat sheep. cheese because i really like goat sure cheese. yeah Great. it can have goats as well there's mountains nearby so yeah sure why not um and then wine uh they're kind of like it's it's not you know it's mainly a kind of resource like they ship out stuff that traders buy on the way around there is the quarry that you've established um but nothing really special or rare in terms of the geography though there is some interesting things um there is a a large pond which sits like a kind of almost like a not even a pond that makes it sound small like a small lake uh that's nearby um that the locals all go to the stormhorn mountains you pick up a lot of rumors of something called and i need to look up what they are called because it's actually in forgotten realm stuff um there's rumors you hear about um the haunted halls which is a set of ruins up in the storm hall uh, stormhorn mountains um in a valley called the tempest valley uh, it's northwest of Evening Star, and there's all sorts of local stories about the haunted halls. Like, oh, you know, an old necromancer used to live there and tried to summon an army of the dead, and the purple dragon knights killed him. Um, oh no, I heard that it was actually it's called the haunted halls because there was a shadowy group of knights that used to kind of worship devils and things like that. All sorts of bizarre stories, but you know it's a real place. Like you probably have scouted it or out, or you can see it just on the cusp of a misty morning. Um, you can see the the stone features rising up out of the mountains and things like that um there's also uh you know a couple of places around nearby you would hear about the town of red spring which is northwest of arabelle so northeast of evening star which is an old ruined village uh that was destroyed during the spell plague um, and is generally kind of avoided as well and then there's all sorts of places in the King's Forest as well. Um, magical springs, druid groves. Um, it's generally a place that a lot of people go to and visit. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, you basically manage to kind of get a good bearing. You know the people in town, um, but not as well as, not as close friends. But you've got a pretty good basis that if you wanted to find out something in the future, yeah, you could easily just be like, yeah, Agnes knows this. I know the right person to speak to. Um, and you can go from there, basically. Cool. I, cool. I have two smaller related things to that. Sure. Um, so because we've talked about like this stalling alley and the hot springs and we have this winemaker and I, I think I remember we had like a pretty notably good wine or ale or something. Uh, it's the one that Tarkle's uh, Hulda, the herbalist, uh, has brought in, which is the the foggy something. Foggy, <laughs> I, I think it's the foggy woods. Foggy, foggy wood. wood. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Foggy wood, which is like a yeah, like a kind of ale ale or cider, I think it was. So um Agnes wants to start kind of like sowing the seeds of getting Evening Star ready to be like the place everyone would like to visit and mm-hmm. like very cultured, very cool, very hip, you know. Um, very, very Hawthorne district of Portland. So Bougie. yeah. So um she wants to talk to the winemaker. Um, and ask them to like continue developing foggy wood also maybe Mm. come up with like a signature evening star cider 
Um, okay. So she asked them to just kind of like start playing with that and developing that so that they could maybe sure. serve it at the pub or at the stalling alley. So that's what I was going to say is you've got the two kind of main people to speak to about that are Hulda, who is the the herbalist, the furbolg herbalist, mm-hmm. um, who sometimes is able to hold a conversation and sometimes is off on something. Um, and then the other person is Kira Hightower, who is the innkeeper, um, who is absolutely will do whatever you tell her you saved her business you've saved her from having to sell the tavern um she gives you like a huge chunk of the monthly profits and is more than happy to make these accommodations and help you organize it so yeah she will begin to make those inroads into helping to develop it more as like a cultural place to come and visit um and uh the inn which she gives you the opportunity agnes and i think because you've made the effort to reach out agnes she gives you like if you wish to rename the tavern my lady I will call it what you want me to call it. Like it, we can have it redesigned. You decide what you would like it to be. As far as I'm concerned, you know, you've saved it. You should have that right. What's um, it called now? Uh, it is called, I got to look it up. I got to look it up because it's a thing and I didn't write it down. Or did I? Maybe I did. The Lonesome Tankard, it's called now. I did mm. write it down. Yeah, we definitely want something more positive. We don't want anyone coming here feeling lonesome. So I'll think on it. Please do, my lady. Please do. Uh, it's uh, the Evening Star has is, is fallen and been burnt to the ground many times in Cormier's ancient past. Uh, the Lonesome Taggart is, it's always been a good attractor. Adventurers used to come here quite a lot in the past, but lately, not so much. So perhaps a, a rebranding, a new name would give us some, some draw for the, for the locals. Uh, but yeah great and then the final thing that i want to do and this may be for the herbalist or it may be some other resource in town um Mm -hmm. agnes realizes that she needs a plan b for fire um so she specifically wants to make sure at least the keep is like couldn't burn down like it's mostly stone um so she tries to like fireproof the rooms or as they're building ask them to make sure that it it would not burn down and then she'd like to talk to the the herbalist or, or someone else about like a fire extinguisher like some sort of pouch she could carry that has like anti-fire properties or something i think holder this kind of uh oh yes my lady ah yes very interesting well you know fire it uh it breathes in air to make it burn so perhaps something that can snuff out air in the area i'll have a think there's probably something uh oh yes 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 i'll have a think and see what i can come up with eh yeah um and she explains, yes, I can I can usually stop a magical fire, but I'd like something more of an object, more tangible, not magical, something that can really get oh, at yes, the base yes, of the fire yes. and make it stop. Oh, well, I'll I'll put my I'll put my best thinking mushroom on and I'll get <laughs> to it. Thank you. Yes, you're very welcome. Don't want anything burning down, do we? Mm-hmm. And he kind of turns to all these plants, they turn to all these plants and begin talking to them. Um and he's like, oh, yes, I know you're very frightened of fire, but don't worry, no, none of that here. <laughs> Agnes uh, kind of shamefully kind of shuffles around. one foot. <laughs> and just like looks around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the bridge will also be repaired by the end of the uh, That's the nice. fixed as well. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, Agnes, yeah. So you, you basically have spent that time getting to know the town, um, mm-hmm. developing those relationships. Uh, I think as well, Agnes, as you kind of spend that time talking to people, one of the things that comes up, this is something I forgot to mention earlier. One of the things that comes up is uh, you never really decided what to do with the prisoners. I think like uh, the, the very first bandits mm. you took as prisoners um, and they've basically been 
kept uh, in the basement of the inn or in the keep's jails. Um, and they haven't really had anything to do. So they've just been kind of languishing there for the past couple of weeks. Um, and the people still aren't very happy about it. The people still wanted executions. They wanted swift, swift justice. Um, but spending time getting to know them, uh, building all of these new wonderful facilities like the blacksmiths, the herbalists, uh, the stalling alley, the inn, has done wonders to improve uh, the, the morale, even despite this kind of grumbling about the prisoners. Um, and the happiness level of Evening Star is at five. So out of you want to keep up uh well it just goes up it just oh, it's just like okay. it's not like out of 10 it's just it started at one and then it goes up great Agnes, every time you do something good it goes up and if you do something bad it goes down you know people's attention spans these days if you just don't mention it eventually they'll forget about it you know so if she gets pressured that about it she's still she's still um <laughs> will promote her idea of like putting them to work probably in mm -hmm. the quarry because at least it's not like a glamorous thing to do and it's a little bit outside of town yeah i so. think he, there wasn't like a firm let's do that so it was kind mm -hmm. of like i don't know if that was decided but if you want to do that that's something to talk about um i would I consult jump... the other members of the, sure. the group on that the group first um anything else from anybody else would anybody else got any ideas i do oh go ahead mika your hands up I that's such a reflex. Oh my god, <laughs> Mr. Mr. DM, Mr. Uh, DM. I Mr. would like to, I volunteer, Mr. Mark Sherlock Humes. Um, other than the the research, which mm -hmm. if this is post returning, then I would like to add a little bit to the research. Yeah. So yes. the the way that research works is mm -hmm. you had a number of topics set up beforehand. Uh, mm -hmm. Each topic takes a week. Okay. Uh, to research. How many so weeks do we have? When you get back, well, there's eight weeks in total, so there's okay. a lot of time um and you can spend money to make it more effective okay. uh the the topics that you originally put across were you wanted to research into feywild and yes. the, the various courts yes. you wanted to research into hadley's armor the runes that sarah lee had memorized yes uh you wanted to research into griffins because i think that you for... had suddenly become enamored about mounts or racing griffins or something like that yeah that, uh, was, that was for agnes <laughs> and i think you also wanted to research into the name Shadowbriar as well didn't you Yes, um, Very I think early on. there was, no, that, that was all of it. I would also like to research Typhandrius. Was that, is that correct? Well, let's, let's do what you know about okay. the other stuff first. Okay. Let's do what you know about the other stuff first. Um, so uh, on the first topic, which was uh, the Feywild, yes. um, Sarah Lee has comprised quite a lot of information, basically. Mm -hmm. she, she uncovers quite a lot. Um, some of it is general knowledge. Uh, you know, no knowledge that yes, you know the the Feywild is ruled by the four seasonal courts. They take turns ruling over the areas of the Feywild. Um, the the summer court in particular is known as the Wild Hunt. Uh, they tend to be very aggressive. They tend to be confrontational. Uh, they've come into clashes with Cormir in the ancient past. Uh, the next court is the autumn court uh they tend to be a lot more emotional and sentimental and caring they're quite pleasant and, and enjoy diplomatic relations the winter court is bad news and if cormier remains in the feywild's bad books by the time winter rolls around it will probably be very bad because the winter court brooks no uh, they have very little empathy. They are very pragmatic. And if they feel that they are threatened, they will attack in force. Um, and then to kind of make up for that, the spring court is again, very diplomatic, very healing focused um, about repairing and 
you know, blooming new life and things like that. Um, a, a bit more of an obscure piece of law, long, long ago, when Cormir was first being founded, uh, the elves who lived in this area were basically not immigrants, but they came from the Feywild. There was a very strong connection between the elves that lived in Cormir and the Feywild. And when the humans came and they were uh, like basically figuring out who was going to live in this land, the original elves basically said, look, there was an agreement made that the humans could have the land if they promised to help the elves and protect them and made an alliance with them, kind of working together against the threats from the Feywild and also the threats of the dragons who basically ruled the area. Um, and this is where a very famous uh, dragon, Thormagor, who is, is basically one of the big threats that Cormir defeated and the nation was founded upon, um, used to rule this area. And the dragons basically had to be fought and exterminated and pushed out. Um, many of them were slain. They retaliated. They burnt cities down. They destroyed places. Arabelle was nearly destroyed. Evening Star was destroyed. This was long, long ago, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But basically, afterwards, the elves realized that they couldn't just remain in the Feywild. And so many of them, your descendants, like your ancestors, rather, and Agnes's ancestors and, and Tarkal's ancestors, basically crossed over and integrated into Cormir properly. And that's where many of the noble families, you know, had elven members come from. Um, and so there is this very strong connection between the elves of Cormir and the Feywild. There's always been this very, very strong connection. Um, and especially against dragons, um, the the fey the fey of of Cormir do not like dragons. They do not like them at all. See them as natural enemies. Okay, good to know. Okay, uh, second piece of intel: griffins. Not a lot to find out on this one. Great. There are griffins. They live in the Stormhorn Mountains. Uh, you can find them. You can find nests of them up on the peaks of the mountains. Um, very protective of their young. It used to be an old custom of uh, Cormir that knights who wanted to prove themselves the best would go and either tame or take griffin eggs and then raise them to be their mounts. And the best knights were the ones who could do it and not die. <laughs> and so that became like a tradition. Um, that's really what you can find out for griffins. Okay. Hadley's armor. Yes. There's a lot of stuff on this one. Okay. Hadley's armor. Sarah Lee can't find too much, mm -hmm. um, but comparing it to runes you have seen on Marcel's sword, they bear similarities. The magic used is of a place called Netheril, or the Netherese. Uh, and Can Netheril, N-E-T-H-E-R-I-L. Netheril. Netheril is a name that you would recognize. It is oh. ancient history. So Netheril was an empire of extremely powerful wizards and mages that once fought against the forgot against Faerun. They basically wanted to rule over Faerun. Uh, they've appeared numerous times. They have numerous members that have, have tried to do stuff. But most recently, about 10, 20 years ago, they uh, a great floating city appeared. Uh, it had transformed uh, from another realm into ours and had tried to conquer the areas around Cormir and Cormir had fought a war against them. Their magic is very sophisticated and very powerful. Um, much of it is still not understood by mages of today's era. The runes on Hadley's armor and on Marcel's sword are netherese. They are netherese magical runes. Um, do we know where this floating city is? 
it crashed. So oh. the the rumor is uh, the Great Wizard Elminster uh, fought a powerful duel and basically caused the massive uh, city to crash in uh, a place called Mithranor, which was an elven city to the northeast of Cormir. Um, it destroyed Mithranor, uh, completely wiped it out, and the ruin of the city is now basically a ruin. And that uh, wizard's name was, one more time, sorry? Uh, Elminster. Very, very famous wizard. Taking real good notes now. <laughs> but yeah, the, it, the, the interesting Sara Lee notes is that Netherese magic is A, pretty much banned because it's super unpredictable, oh. but it's also very powerful. It can do things that normal magic, like the magic you know and Sara Lee knows and you know the others know, it can do things that that magic can't like it it's very advanced okay um so the idea of capturing a live you know uh, well you wouldn't know any of that stuff but yeah right. it's capable of very powerful magic is all i'm gonna say cool um uh, the last one yes shadow briar shadow briar rather than just having sarah lee write this i would like you to roll me mika burton for sarah lee roll a d20 and i would like you to add four Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Sarah Lee brings you an old tome. It looks like it's been pulled from, probably from a library in Arabelle. Uh, she brings it to you, sets it down. It's like, well, um, I wasn't quite sure, Magister. I, I picked this up in the library whilst we were in Arabelle um, because I thought that it might have some uh, clues about the things you wanted me to research. Um, it, there's just, uh, well, there's a bit of a worrying reference to the name Shadowbriar in here. Worrying? Yes. Well, I've been going back through... Um, the name has appeared before in Cormirian history, hundreds of years ago now. Um, it is related to, uh, there seemed to be some sort of, uh, something happened in the King's Forest um, through several of the smaller settlements. People vanished. Um, they just went missing. The only thing that they could find was a hastily written note. Uh, it, it simply said, um, Shadowbriar has returned. Okay. It was recorded um, in, in the matters, but there was nothing else could be discovered. The war wizards of the time looked into it and, and nothing could be uh, discerned. Um, and so it was recorded as, a, as a, an improbability. Um, uh, perhaps the ravings of a mad person or something like that, but uh, this is all I could find. I'm, I'm sorry. Don't apologize, Turtle Dove. Just why don't we keep this to ourselves for now until we find out more information? Yes, of course. And um, possibly keep that book in a safe space. My office, if you need. Uh, very well. Yes, I will keep it in your in your uh, in your locked trunk um, for for that purpose. Uh, and yeah, and that's that's all she finds. Cool. Um, I have one more. So what would you like to have the next topics? Uh, And then I can start thinking of that while we go to somebody else. Uh, Or like while you do other stuff. The other topic that, the only other topics that I want researched are Erdrifania and is Typhandrius the right name? Typhandrius, yeah. Typhandrius, yes. Um, Sure. Those are things I I want researched. But another thing that Azara would like to do in this time is to have... Um, the 
temple start to be restored um like talk to i want to say magda but i feel like that's not her name dagmar is dagmar i was so close yeah. <laughs> um uh, uh talk yeah just talk magda to dagmar, dagmar. Yeah, so Dagmar, uh, being the brusque dwarf woman that she is, uh, is like, ah, yes, we can, we can do that, Magister, if that's what you want. Um, restoring a full temple will be costly. Uh, we need significant funds from it. Now, I can excavate the ruin that we found before. That's no problem. Uh, I've already got people doing that. To rebuild a shrine or a temple is going to take... Um, we're going to need to replace a lot of the stones, uh, build the actual structures. Uh, that's considerable amounts of work. Um, um, then for now, before we get into all of that, it's just excavating and possibly just restoring the statue is all I require. That I'm pretty sure we can do. I'm no sculptor. Uh, I can restore it as best as I can. Um, but if you happen to visit Arabelle and you wish to hire the services of a proper sculptor, mm -hmm. they can probably come and uh, repair her to a, her natural beauty. Uh, but I'm afraid I can just really stick stones back together. So it won't be uh, particularly fancy. For now, I'd rather have her together than not. And I will look into a sculptor. Ah, very well then very well then magister we'll get to that no problem um and yeah they will basically begin to excavate it over the over time yeah um i think before uh, we move on one thing that as as more and more of the temple is excavated those mm -hmm. dreams of flying begin to return and you find yourself constantly drawn back there um and yeah you begin yeah. to learn more we'll jump back onto the other topics uh, a bit later but let's jump into well either well i guess uh shady you uh wanted to do some stuff before me yes i want to do three things one i want to have a montage of me working and learning from uh willow song mm. uh mm. lots of warlocky very close quarters in the forest mm. rushing you know so what what spells did um did you pick for uh tackle um, so I would I picked cause fear and command. Um, and nice. I guess also she would technically be showing me my cantrips, which would, would be yes. mage hand, minor illusion, and thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy. Okay. How do you say that word? Thaumaturgy. thaumaturgy. I always pronounce it thaumaturgy. Um, yeah. So I think that with those kind of spells, the montage Willow Song would it would be the kind of thing where a lot of these abilities she's like the magic of the woods woods can be places of wonder of majesty and there's something about them which can just simply create awe in individuals that awe can be exploited uh, you can use it to enhance your own natural noble soul to make people listen to you um, enchantments illusion it's not always about creating illusions creating fake things sometimes it's about enhancing what is already there sometimes the best lies are the ones that contain elements of the truth this is also the case with an illusion we don't want to change your whole face to make you seem more regal we don't need to but we can enhance your features that can make you seem more commanding these are the things we need to focus on and likewise well you've been in a wood deep at night and the shadows move in ways that you don't expect. You hear a wolf howl in the distance. Woods can be scary places as well. And like making yourself seem more regal, the same mentality can be applied to making yourself become more fearful, more fear-inducing. 
a good tactic if you wish to scare people away to make others frightened of you, which can be a useful tool. I can show you these things. Uh, yes, please. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. And she basically teaches you these kind of techniques of like, yeah, like making your eyes seem to almost glow, making your shadow stretch out behind you so it seems larger and more imposing, making you seem taller, even if only by a few inches to kind of look like you're looming over somebody to kind of command their presence. All of these little tricks and all the time it's like willow song is is always reminding you of how noble and majestic can, you can be of how you know you're noble and uh this is your opportunity to show everyone who you really are and all of this kind of like stuff is kind of the things that she's mentioning to you as you do this interesting okay <laughs> um what's the next thing okay next thing is uh I tech. I wanted to spend some time, whether it's at night or whenever. It probably would be at night, calling out for, uh, for Twig, because I have not seen my follower in ages. You have not, and I'm trying to, Twig, Twig. Uh, you do this for maybe the first three, four weeks, and yeah, no, no Twig. Can't. No one else lost their follower, Mark. Huh. <sighs> okay. Um, but on I, I was i was getting there <laughs> the third or fourth however eventually uh and agnes this would be relevant to agnes as well late one night a fluttering of heavy wings kind of echoes through the keep um as the ragged kind of gray furred matty shadow of king one eye uh reappears uh, and alongside it riding on top of it uh looking quite grizzled almost like twig has aged 10 years in the few weeks that they've been gone has like this kind of little beard that's all grown out like robin williams in jumanji like this kind of like little puffy brown beard uh his hair is longer and more matted um he's built himself like armor out of little acorn shells uh he looks oh. like a little knight almost uh he's got like a little lance made of a thing and King One Eye has a full saddle, but it's made of like uh, little strips of like leaves and vines that have been wrapped around him. Um, and as soon as they get into the keep, he kind of shakes Twig and the saddle off of him, uh, kind of hissing at the little sprite as he does so. Uh, King One Eye will come and try and find Agnes, um, but Sprig will find you, Jonathan or Tarkle. Where, where have you been? Ah, ah. Yes, Tarkle. Uh, my apologies. It's been a while, hasn't it? Um, it's what it turned what, out I, to be. Are you older? What? Ah, uh, yes, yes. It's been uh, it's been quite some time, I suppose. Uh, uh, time in the Feywild moves differently to here. Um, but also, us sprites, uh, we age quite rapidly. We don't live uh, extremely long lives. Uh, we're only small, after all. Um, but none of that, none, that doesn't matter, uh, uh, Tarkle. None of that matters. Um, the the Fey, uh, the Feywild, uh, it's a mess. It's a right mess right now. The the wild hunt is furious at, at Cormier. They're, uh, they're convinced that uh, you've been attacking them, stealing their people, uh, taking them away, but also, and, and they're just, they're eager for a fight. Um, but there's something more than that as well. Uh, there's... Uh, the did you because i'm trying to remember did you ask sprig to look into uh willow song or shadow briar i can't remember if that's what you sent them in for 
Yes, I wait. Was his name Sprig? Twig. Sorry, Twig. Twig. Okay. Uh, so I remember sending Twig asking, saying, "Hey, can you?" Because this was when we were suspect of yes, Shadowbriar. Um, yes. Of of Queen. What did I name her? Oh Emerald, God, Emerald I Witch. To, yeah, an Emerald Witch. Uh, I, I wanted to say to find out and to communicate with her and ask her. Uh, the unseely queen that's it yes. that's what you wanted to send through he's just yes. like i uh, well the thing is i spoke to as many fae as i could tarko uh the forest has been watching over for you some time but lately you've been disappearing from their vision from the the spring and the autumn court they can't see you sometimes um that's why they sent me you keep vanishing from their sight and the thing is is i've asked and i've asked Nobody's heard of a Shadowbriar before. Well, that that doesn't make any sense. Either they're a rogue fae who's distanced themselves from the courts of nobles, which I guess is possible. They may be an independent arch fae acting on their own behalf, um, but they don't belong to any of the courts, not even the Winter Queen. God, trying to get information about the Winter Court, that nearly got me killed. Um, but no, none of them have heard of the Shadowbriar. Uh, and then Tarko kind of just like really, really puzzled, but sees that, I mean, Twig is like a decade older now in his short sprite life. Uh, <sighs> Twig, you, you you really did good. Um, why don't you wash up, treat yourself to some ale, a couple teaspoons, I guess, and uh, have a good night. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Well, <clears throat> considering that mission's finished, uh, my, my original quest continues. I'm here to watch over you. Uh, like I said, uh, the the spirits of the Fey, of the Feywild that have watched you and your father for a long time, um, they're worried. You keep vanishing from view, so I'm here to keep an eye on you, and I'm not going anywhere. Do I get the sense that like, like has his demeanor actually changed? He seems a yeah. little less. He seems less he's, silly. He, yeah, he's less silly. Yeah, he's, oh, I really like. He that. looks like he's been through hell. Like it looks like he's literally like you know survived clashes with noble like you know really powerful beings like he's um yeah he he definitely looks more war weary uh than than the last time you saw him well you'll be you'll be good company twig yeah while you're here uh, with me as he kind of like settles in just before we go back to your last thing uh tackle agnes yeah you kind of late one night you just see your kind of door creak open uh as this kind of very but yeah, quite weary looking cat, this Tressim with gray fur, much grayer than the last time you saw uh, King One-Eye uh, kind of slink in. Um, you hear kind of like a kind of hacking, kind of <laughs> and then a very painful slow jump up onto the bed um, as you just see this thing kind of like curling up on the very edge of the bed Aww. looking in your direction um one one gleaming eye the other still kind of like all cut over and like the furs healed over it um she was like getting agnes was getting ready to cast speak with animals but he's clearly so tired and he just curled up and he's never like a cuddly cat so she's like oh my gosh like that you know when your cat's curled up and you can't move because if you do they might leave so he's still at like the edge of the bed so he's not like come to you but like the fact that like he's come up on the bed itself is quite impressive and you can just see like this one eye kind of like looks at you glaring as if waiting for a conversation and then when it sees you stop casting it just closes he just puts his little head down 
I'll, and, I'll uh, like very tenderly just like lightly pet the top of his head once and see what he does. You just see a kind of shift, like a kind of stretching of the body, and then it just relaxes and goes back to the sleeping position. Oh, I, I scritch his ears till he goes to bed then if he's not mad that I petted him. It takes like a couple of minutes, but after like the first sort of like minute, you do hear a faint kind of very wheezy. Cute. It's like really like haggard. Like this it, is a very it, he looks like he's been through a war zone. You know, he Aww. looks not very good. Um, I he looks will wait older. until he sleeps to cast speak with animals and ask him what he's seen. Okay, cool. All right. Well, in that case, we'll go back to Tarkle's last uh, thing during our montage. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to do was punch things with Marcel. They wanted to go yeah. either do Scion stuff or just go punch okay. some people for gold. Uh, sure. Well, the Scion stuff, uh, let me uh, let me, let me me give that to you separately because uh, there's a thing for that. Um, but yeah, Marcel, um, if there was anything else you want to do as well, but if you and uh, Tarkal want to go out with some of your units, I have some uh, mechanics for that. So is there any kind of like more RP stuff that you want to do as Marcel? I think Marcel would stay true to his word of a training montage with Aaron. Oh, cool. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, like how does that look? What does a training montage with Marcel look like if you're the coach in this situation? If Aaron is Rocky, what does this look like? I think we would start off with a spar so I can kind of size up where he's at. Okay, sure. Uh, let me find some suitable stats for Aaron then. Um... <laughs> oh God, poor Aaron. <laughs> This isn't gonna go well. Just warming up for this, I'm talking to talking to the sword. I'm just like we're going to punch a child. Um well are you sure that's the best route, brother? No. <laughs> but it is the route we will travel. All right, very well. Well, let's try and be cautious. Let's not hurt him too badly. He is, he's quite keen on us. Uh, well, you, and that's very rare. So um, let's not, like, yes, okay, very well. I'll just watch, I suppose. Uh, so Aaron kind of like, uh, where does this take place? Like in the keep grounds, like you give him a sword and sort of just tell him to take position or something? Yeah, yeah, give him like a practice sword if we have something around so he doesn't hurt sure. himself yeah there's like me. um wooden swords for like that the uh the soldiers sometimes use for sparring matches and things like that mm -hmm. um uh he looks when he holds like a fully sized like long sword he looks clumsy with it like mm -hmm. he, he's kind of holding it awkwardly um you can see that aaron is not particularly well built strength wise like he's not weak he's not scrawny but he looks more limber and lithe uh than he looks strong um, and so he kind of holds the sword quite awkwardly and he tries to take a stance that he's seen the other soldiers take. Um, cool. I yeah. want to fight him. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess roll initiative, I guess is the first step. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. You're going first. <laughs> okay. Aaron rolled a one. On his oh, initiative. okay. Well, for what it's worth, <laughs> I rolled a 23 yeah so like you kind of like give him a now and then you immediately launch at him and he just freezes like he just seizes up as you come rushing towards him what do you do um i'm going to 
I'm going to yell at him to like try and take some kind of evasive, evasive or defensive action as I'm like, as he sees a target coming at him. Sure. Okay. That was standing yeah. there. He, he kind of like, uh, he kind of seems to snap out of it and he does look like he's going to try and like dodge. It doesn't look like his instinct is to parry. His instinct is to run away or get out of the way of your attack. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to. So he starts backpedaling almost. I'm going to take a swing at him. Sure. Yeah, you can see he's got like um, a little kind of suit of leather armor on. Um, I guess he would just be commoner, really. He wouldn't even be a guard. Uh, so that is a thirteen. Thirteen to hit. Yeah, that mm -hmm. hits him in his in his little crappy leather jerkin and his his uh, his little lithe body. Uh, it only just barely hits him. He does try and dodge out the way. You can see he, rather than kind of instinctively blocking, he almost like kind of throws himself backwards. But he doesn't expect your reach, like the weapon's reach, um, mm -hmm. just crashes into him. So yeah, give me a give me a damage roll. Okay. Um... I'm probably using a practice weapon as well, so I don't. So non-lethal, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what damage you want me to roll for that. Um, well, it'd be the same type of your normal weapon. So what, longsword? Oh, okay. So D8 plus your normal bonus. It's just your normal damage, but okay. just non-lethal. Okay. Okay. Nine nine points of damage mm -hmm. you smash the blade he tries to bring the sword up and your blow just kind of carries with it the full weight of your own body you twist with your hips and with your back kind of putting the full weight of your blow into it uh, and aaron is literally thrown to the side like he's thrown off of his feet he lands on the ground skids in the mud um i'm not gonna have him go unconscious because i don't think mm -hmm. you would do that to it like yeah. i don't know do you would you want to knock him unconscious or just like throw him off and and you know injure him sort no of it was probably like broad side of the sword anyway yeah so it kind of like thuds him to the side he definitely takes damage as like the blow catches him in the ribs um probably gonna leave a terrible bruise along the side but it throws him to the side into the mud he skids along leaving this big kind of like skidded trail uh and then you can see his days like he's struggling he's kind of like looking over his eyes are unfocused uh like he's just been completely knocked off his feet and dazed I'll, uh, I'll help him do his feet. Just hold out an arm and try and get him back up. Immediately, he almost like thinks you're going to attack him again. So he's like, oh, and he tries to bring the sword up, but then he realizes he, you're helping him. And he's like, uh, and he kind of pulls himself up to his feet. And he's like, ah, oh, oh that really hurt. <laughs> I mm. thought we were practicing. I thought you were going to teach me. I am. <laughs> he looks down at his ribs. See? <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be teaching me like this. Oh. Well, that's how I learned. Well, what did I do wrong? Right, so you moved too quick. I can't, I can't keep up with you. You were too quick. It's not well, fair. Typically, if your, your opponent is too quick, that means you're too slow. Um, well, how do I get quicker? Again. And then okay. that can, that can be where it cuts to just like going over and over and yeah. just getting his ass beat. Yeah. And it's, uh, let me, let me roll a thing for Marcel here. Um, it, it takes him a while, but the, the thing you notice with Aaron, he's not, he's not a quick learner. Like mm -hmm. it, it, this, he doesn't, things like techniques, 
he, they, it's just like that he struggles to understand them. Like when you try and like say like move your foot here or strike like this, it, it, he really struggles with that. Uh, the one thing with Aaron, he's not quick, he's not smart, he's not strong, but he never gives up. Like he keeps standing back up again. And like, even when he's like wincing with every step, he'll still just lift the sword, kind of grit his teeth and like wait for the next, you know, strike to come basically. Mm. Um, yeah. And he just, by the end of it, he can do enough to kind of like, he dodges out your first couple of attacks. He can parry, but you still knock him down. Like you, mm. he's still got absolutely no chance of beating you, but he is making progress in that first, you know, couple of days or whatever. Um, cool. And it's going to be a long, long process. And you think you're going to need to find, I think I would like you, Nate Sharp, uh, mm. to decide uh, if, you know, what what's Aaron's style going to be? Like, are you, what weapon is do you want to teach him to use? Like, what's his combat style going to be? Are you going to teach him to focus more on, like, dual handing or, like, with a shield? Do you want him to be, like, you know, a spear? Or, like, you know, you decide. Like, I think that Aaron's, like, your protege in this. You can kind of pick how yeah. he's going to be was, shaped as a warrior. I was going to say, like, if I notice that he's kind of clumsy and lunky with, like, um, a greatsword, maybe mm-hmm. he can try some, maybe he can try some, like, two-handed weaponry something lighter yeah so like giving him like two shorter weapons to see how he deals with that and stuff yeah um, i want to teach so... him to, to dodge yeah <laughs> dodge um yeah so i was thinking i was gonna make aaron into a sidekick which is one of the new variant rules it's from the essentials kit and tasha's cool. cauldron um and you can basically choose whether he basically becomes a warrior or an expert there are two like there are these three types of sidekick he's not gonna be a spellcaster because he's aaron mm-hmm. um he's not very clever uh, but he can either basically go into being a warrior or an expert an expert is more like a rogue in that they're more about sort of like skills and being helpful and being cunning and things like that or a warrior is somebody who's good at fighting and like you can train aaron to be either of those and then we'll give him like two weapon fighting basically as like his his combat style yeah i i think expert sounds like what i try to train try and eat him into so you you eventually kind of start focusing aaron less on being capable um fighting on his own and teaching him how to support other fighters like okay when i'm attacking here you can come in at the side and get a strike in or you can you watch my back whilst i'm doing this and he and you find that yeah he is much better suited to that sort of role he doesn't have the heart to be an aggressive fighter he doesn't have the heart of a killer you know he's somebody who's going to be good at defending and keeping his eye out and being you know street smart than anything else so uh yeah aaron is your sidekick uh and he is an expert level one expert um cool i'm so proud of him (laughs) i'll um i'll stat him up and then i'll uh sort that out for you at some point nate but yeah he is gonna basically be uh uh marcel's sidekick um as we go uh cool uh, and then, yeah, did you want to go uh, send the units out with Tarkle? Like you, Tarkle, and the units go out and do some some general adventuring y kind of making some money and finding some stuff kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the way this is going to work is uh, you currently have, well, in theory, you two have access to two units because the other unit belongs to Agnes. So Agnes can choose if she wants to send the Tresims out to do something. Um, but that is Agnes's unit. Um, Nate, uh, uh, Marcel has Hadley's, Hadley's unit and uh, John, uh, Tarkle can basically dispatch Elissa's unit. They're, they're different units. Um, and you basically choose whether you would like them to patrol the mountains, the woods, or the roads. 
And then we're going to roll to see an event. And then you'll make a check to see how well they deal with that event. Where are we going? I think the Tresem usually live in the woods, right? Uh, they live in like the actual like farms and plains. But yeah, some of them would absolutely live in the woods as well, for sure. So I feel like they'd be well equipped to patrol the woods. Sure. Okay. That's what I suggest. So Agnes wants to send her Tresims uh, to investigate and patrol the woods. Sure. Um, I'm down with the woods. Woods is fine. What, well, this is just for the Tresim. You guys you guys oh. have your own units. You can send them to different areas. As oh, well. heck us. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, sending them on a patrol. So one thing I'm going to note is sending them on, on a patrol basically takes a month. So you'll get one big event in a, in a month. Um, so one of your units will need to will need to protect your taxes as it gets sent off to the capital. So one of your units can only do this once. The other two can do it twice. So, um, yeah, I kind of feel like there's going to be goodies in the mountains. mountains. Marcel, do you think there's goodies in the mountains? Mountains, it is. So Marcel, you want to send your unit to the mountains, and then uh, Tarkal, you want to send Elissa to patrol the roads, which is kind of a good fitting sort of like patrolling the roads to keep them safe. Yeah, sure. If we if we're trying to divvy up, I thought maybe we might just storm the mountains with two units. You can could we do, do that, that as well. Yeah, if you want to do yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so what I'd like you guys to do is each of you roll a D four for me, please, oh. and this will determine the event type uh, or what's going to happen to them. I rolled a two. I would have added more, but I was running. I I was struggling to come up with stuff. So there's only four. I rolled <laughs> a one. Minutes. A one. Okay. Mm -hmm. I rolled a four. Uh, you rolled a four, Tressim, and then uh, other unit from Tarkle. I rolled a unit. two. I rolled a two. Okay. Uh, so for Agnes, unfortunately for the Tressim, it's not especially exciting uh, because the unit doesn't discover anything of interest, urgent interest. However, uh, the people of Evening Star do feel safer seeing the troops active and about not the result i expected for the tressim but it is the result we got so because they see all these flying cats just patrolling the woods the people of evening star feel happier knowing that these up oh, the cats are out again we're being watched over that um, makes total so sense to me because the tressim are like their mascot of evening yeah, star that is true they are like very common and popular here in evening and star in response i want to like spread the legend of king one eye and I okay. want to name the tavern the Tresim King. The Tresim King. I love it. I love it. That's beautiful. The Tresim. Thanks to chat for pointing out that I should definitely name the tavern after Tresim one of the King. Tresim. That's awesome. Um, I will be pleased to tell you that this increase of a point of happiness takes you to six happiness in Evening Star, which is a milestone for one of the benefits. So I think I mentioned this before. When you get certain happiness milestones, everybody gets a benefit. Uh, this one is for the next month, uh, each week, gifts of well-made food and drink um, and living luxuries are given to the characters, which increases your hit point maximum by five <gasps> until the next season. So everybody's Huzzah. hit point maximum goes up by five so consider this like the aid spell there is like a thing in dnd beyond where you can do like um temporary hit point maximum increases and stuff i think um you can uh, modify it um but yeah Bam. nice uh yeah and that's basically yeah people are really temporary right yeah yeah you can do it that way as well and just keep five temporary it's, hit points it's also at the if you open hp management the bottom that's left it. yeah max bottom hp left. modifier because 
the difference with max HP and temp HP is max HP mm. you can heal up to again. So if yeah. you get knocked down, you can get healed back up. Temporary gotcha. hit points, once they're gone, they're gone. So thank you. Difference. Um, but yeah, this and this basically represents that, you know, people bring you like really lovely meals Aww. and gifts and the food is hearty and comfortable and you feel, you know, welcomed and bolsters your spirits and things like that. So the, the Tresim uh, performs that. Uh, I also just one more note, the yep. sign for the Tresim King has a like stately portrait of King One Eye sitting like this with his one eye and a crown on it, like hovering. Nice. I love it. Noted. Make a note, Wizards of the Coast. I want this changed. If you do a poor mere source book, this is all canon. Uh, Makes sense to me. Makes sense sense to me. Uh, The Hadley's unit, uh, Marcel, uh, the unit encounters an armed force, goblins, bandits, ogres, underdark raiders, etc., and carries out a series of skirmishes against them in the local area. So in the mountains, they come across some sort of enemy. Uh, Do you have a particular preference of who you would like Hadley's units to go against? Like hobgoblins or like ogres uh goblins underdark raiders like drow coming up trying to raid drow sounds cool and cool let's go with that let's go with that so yeah they basically encounter um you know they they discover some sort of cave system that leads down into the underdark which i'm going to make a note of by the way uh cave system to underdark in the stormhorn mountains um, and it's fortunate that they do because, yeah, there is, they discover that there are raiders, um, Durgar and Drow, basically planning to kind of snatch farmers and things like that and drag them back down into the Underdark. And Hadley, especially, does not like the idea of people being taken capture and uh, taken down to have nasty things done to them. So his unit uh, engages them in a series of skirmishes. So the way this works is you're going to make a bunch of rolls for me, Nate, um, using the unit stats, which I know you don't have, but I will uh, read out for you. So the first roll they're going to make is their offensive roll. Uh, And this is a D20. So you roll a D20, and then you are going to be adding three to this. Okay. Um, and we're going to set the DC at 14. Oh, that's a five. That's a five. So their attack, uh, you know, they, they try and engage in the first set of series of uh, skirmishes, um, but the drow are very capable and the Durgar are very capable fighters. Um, and so it is, uh, you know, kind of becomes a longer standing engagement. The second role I'd like you to make is a defense role. This is actually going to be me attacking you. Um, your current defense for Hadley's unit uh is 14 so i need to beat that uh and that is a fit just barely beats it so they actually take a bit of a beating as well by this uh this unit um as they are being pushed back however the last roll is a morale roll which is a d20 plus their morale score which for hadley's unit is very high because they have weathered a lot of stuff they actually have the courageous trait uh which is five so d20 plus five please okay 16 16 so despite these kind of um they have been setbacks as they try and engage the drow their morale holds and hadley leads the unit and they manage to fend them off um with one success the unit makes a is a is called a partial success uh the enemies uh retreat um but they may become a problem for evening star in the future so i'm going to make a note that there is this potential threat of the underdark uh, that Whoops. may return again in the future however they do manage to recover 17 silver pieces and 16 gold pieces from uh the fallen bodies wowzers well <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure that was absolutely worth. <laughs> uh, however, they don't take any casualties. Um, it's just that there is the potential threat uh, for some danger in the future, but we'll see if that manifests. Uh, how much uh, of each? Uh, it was 17 silver and mm -hmm. 16 gold. Oh, what a lucky boy. <laughs> Hey, uh, and that goes did, to you because Hadley's your unit. That goes money goes to Marcel. So does my unit do anything in the mountains with them? So it doesn't do anything with them. Your unit, uh, Elissa's unit, uh, encounters a different problem. Oh, Elissa's unit encounters a group of travelers. Um, it could be goblins, dragonborn, underdark refugees, uh, fey creatures, or uh, locals from a neighboring country are trying to escape a hostile force. Um, do you have any cool ideas that you can think of there, Shaney? uh i i want them to be people from a name i want them to be people from arab arabelle and okay i want them to be escaping um can they be escaping Faye, or is that creeping too yeah. much into the current story because oh. i like that oh shady good boy i love it <laughs> uh yeah no they encounter a group of you know travelers and traders from arabelle making their way to uh to uh evening star and the mountains beyond and the, the countries beyond but they have to flee into the mountains after yeah a pack of summer eladrin the wild hunt um are chasing after them and shrieking vengeance and Alyssa and the purple dragon knights leap into action it's the same roles so the first role is an attack role um uh Alyssa's unit is uh not uh, it does have a plus three so it's a d20 plus three roll of 15 15 so as a success so they managed to kind of like uh counter charge the unit and over this and it takes over a couple of days right this is like throughout several weeks of like these little skirmishes um they actually kind of get all the the people the travelers into a cave system and then they hold them off until uh they can beat back the forces but they do manage to do so the second role is a defense role this is me versus you uh so okay. this is plus four uh, which is a total of 17, which beats your toughness of 12. Um, so in doing so, they do, however, Elissa's unit do take uh, not losses, but they are kind of fighting defensively to kind of protect this unit. Um, and it's not a clear cut fight. The last role is a morale role for me. And this is a D20 from you, Shady. Uh, okay. Plus, uh, these guys are not as courageous as Hadley's. This is only a plus three. I rolled a 10. So 10, plus three, 13. Not enough. Not enough. Uh, so you watch as, um, you know, your unit, the Elissa's unit, they are still, they are greener, they are less experienced than Hadley's unit, um, and fighting against these very fervent, aggressive Eladrin uh, does shake several of them to the core, causing a couple of losses in skirmishes. However, very much like Hadley's unit, it is a partial success with one success. Um, the enemies retreat but it could be a problem for Evening Star in the future. And you make, I'm going to roll it so it's a different amount, so it's not just the same amount of, of uh, coins. Uh, you make... Da, 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 Four million da. gold. <laughs> 16 silver pieces and... Oh, dear. Seven gold pieces. Oh. <laughs> As a point, there is more gold if it had been high amounts of successes. <laughs> I don't want you to feel completely hard done by... Um, but you That's may okay. Add that sixteen silver pieces and seven gold. Wow. Um, but yeah, and uh, they do manage to hold off these problems. But yeah, the these were not complete victories. These are problems that may may arise in the future. And I'm gonna make a little note of them as well. You could forget to make that note if you want. Wild hunt, 
uh, chases Arabelle Travelers. Shady's idea. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Marvelous. Um, and yeah, I think that that pretty much uh, with overtime, uh, all of these events, uh, unless you would like to send your units out again, someone. <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, we have another month, don't we? I, uh, we do. Just... One of your units will need to escort the taxes, and I don't recommend it's the Tressin. I did want to <laughs> say I didn't. Uh, what I when we wake up after I like gave scritches to King One Eye, mm -hmm. I would want to ask him like, sure. what did you find? Yeah, your highness. Sure. Well, let's do that before we make these uh, these secondary rolls. So in the morning, you awaken a very tired, very grumpy, much older King One-Eye. You can see he's aged uh, a fair bit. Um, he's a bit skinnier. His bones, his fur is grayer. Um, you just get a sort of... Mm, yes. Uh, the leader, the Baroness, who sent me with that insufferable sprite. Yes. Many things the little sprite found. Spoke with many creatures of the forest realm, the twilight lands. We journeyed far and wide, traveling to mansions and gardens and palaces, riding me like some horse. Ugh. Still, the beasts there are, the creatures of the forest realm are concerned. I spoke with several of them. There are not many Tressim in the forest realm, in the twilight lands, but the creatures that I met were worried. War is brewing. I, uh, I nod respectfully and I say, you have done a great service to this realm, your majesty. Mm. I will see that a fine feast of fish is prepared in the kitchen whenever you feel up to a little bite suitable i feel old too old i thought that perhaps i had many years of chasing mice frolicking amongst the grasses but now i am tired worn but you should be careful baroness of stones and of villages Mm, dangerous folk the twilight people are the ones of flame of red and gold aggressive but foolish it is the ones of ice and darkness they are the ones we must fear they plot they plan the sprite and I saw armies being readied dangerous times await your evening star with that, he just kind of gets up and begins making his way. I order that fish dinner for him. And do I understand that he's basically saying, like, watch out for the winter court, especially? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, um, I make a note that King One Eye should be in a more honorary leadership position from now on. So he doesn't have to range far and wide anymore because it seems like okay. he's earned his retirement. Oh, yeah. 
yeah he's definitely uh you'll probably find him like over the days you know he sleeps more often doesn't go up to his tower kind of like remains kind of like in little comfy cushions and baskets laid out in the main keep and things like that he doesn't even mind if uh, audrey tries to bathe him he sort of just reluctantly accepts it now um agnes keeps like she she won't mention it to him or make a big deal out of it because he certainly would not want to be considered the kind of uh pet that mm -hmm. that he seems to be but she'll like wherever he finds like a sunbeam she'll like leave a little cushion or she'll like put some extra like bowls of fish around like she is kind of shadowing him and just making him as comfortable as possible without like any communication with him about it sure okay nice bless uh i love how shady's like terrified that i'm gonna kill this cat like he's like he's gonna take a sip dude i don't know if zoom like translated it but my eyes were full of like I, they were red and full of tears they're clear now but i was like are you is he is one i dying like right now is this the anime <laughs> death sequence i was terrified um never say never yeah. uh so uh my last question before we move on is marcel would you like hadley to tr go on another kind of scouting mission uh we need we need redemption against those drow <laughs> sure uh okay uh well give me a roll of a d4 let's see if the same event comes up or if it's a different event this time are you sending back into the mountains yeah yeah cool four or this time nothing of interest very much like the tressim um no skill check is made um however knowing that hadley's troops are out there patrolling looking for these drow perhaps making sure that they don't come back uh the people of evening star are very pleased by this and their happiness increases by one uh knowing that hadley's troops are out there protecting them um but no 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 roles necessary as nothing of interest occurs no raids or attacks they like uh, come that, back from this and um, Adley, it would appear that you have made the people here happier. Mm. And I've been informed that this is a positive thing. Well, I don't really care much for them, Marcel, but there is something we need to discuss. Whilst we were out patrolling the mountains, I had, I had several people... I had several people go to Arabelle after we spoke of uh, what happened to you, the attack, the individuals that you spotted i've had a few people investigating the city i think i found something i think i found where some of them might be hiding and where is this a couple of my my scouts they saw people wearing robes like the ones they wore in the ceremonies with us they were making their way to a ruined village northwest of Arabelle. It's a place that people don't go to anymore. It was destroyed in the spell plague or something a long time ago. Uh, people avoid it. They say that the place is haunted. They say that it's full of dead things that whisper and conjure magic. <clears throat> they track them in. There's a group of mercenaries there. They watch the uh, they watch the scions make their way into some sort of underground cave system beneath the village they're down there at least some of them are it might mean that there's some answers there too it's heavily protected there's a group of mercenaries two units that are protecting it and hiding in the ruined village but i don't think we can avoid we need to take this opportunity 
I agree. Do you think we need to gather more insight on this or shall we uh, pay them a visit? I think that a couple more days we can, I can send some scouts to keep watch on this mercenary company, but I don't think we're going to find much until we can get there. Whatever they are, they seem to be going underground. Then that's what we shall do. Thank you, friend. You may wish to, I don't know how much sway you have with these nobles, but if they've got two units of mercs, well, my troops aren't going to be enough on their own. We'll need some backup. I don't know how much you can bring, but whoever you can, I think it's worth it. I shall see what I can do. All right. Let's, let's make them pay for what they did to, to Marcel and to Ori. It's about time we did. Mm. He just gives you that stern sort of nod and uh, goes to start making preparations. I give uh, him an oddly similar sounding and looking nod. Just like mm. <laughs> that could go on forever if mm. they just continually nodded back and forth. But no, Hadley will mm. make his way and begin preparing the troops. Um, as Marcel receives this information, the rest of you, uh, there is some cause of celebration. Star Watch Keep is finished. The walls have been repaired. The the Bailey itself, the rooms fully constructed, the lands cleared of debris, the roads repaved, the bridge rebuilt. A blacksmith now functions in Evening Star itself. The inn fully repaired and running. Herbalist shop up and running. And all of the locals' homes and farmsteads have been repaired. Evening Star is ready to flourish. All of your hard work has come to uh, a culmination is the uh, cider ready because if so we should totally party and toast with the cider it can absolutely be ready yes evening absolutely. star cider for everyone evening star cider for everyone you'll need to come up with a name for it if unless you want to it's evening star evening cider star. you got to name star it cider. after the town so that the there town gets famous while the drink gets famous it can get uh labeled and bottled and start being sold um but yeah the the whole like everything that you had paid for and that you had wanted to have done and built is ready. Um, the blacksmith in terms of benefits. So there's a couple of benefits to a bunch of different places. Um, the blacksmith will basically help produce weapons and armor at much reduced rates. So rather than buying new armor or buying additional weapons, you can have them made and it's much, much cheaper and much faster to do it. Um, so if Marcel wanted to get new armor, this is a place that can do it. It can also do magic arms uh, and armor at cheaper prices, but that tends to be a little bit more costly and take more time. Um, the alchemy shop will provide two regular healing potions each month. Uh, so consider that you, you consider you have two regular healing potions now and you'll get another two in a month's time. Um, the uh, tavern makes income. Um, the quarry helps make repair things to the keep and also helps provide upgrades. Um, the tavern, now that is fully finished as well, the Tressin King, you can spend 100 gold to gain intelligence about upcoming uh, events. So let's say you're like, we would like to know more about what's going on with the Fae. You can spend gold and then I will give you some information. So you can also just spend money to know what's going on locally. Pay to um, win. Nice. Pay <laughs> to win. 
pay to win. You also get an additional unit sent by the crown now that the castle is finished. Uh, I will give you a choice. You can either have a unit of cavalry, you can have a unit of archers, or a unit of scouts. All of them will be pretty inexperienced, but it is a whole new unit that will be under uh, technically uh, Elissa's command, not under Marcel's, but Marcel would have final say in their use and deployment and things like that. I think Marcel should choose. Absolutely. Mm, yeah, he's the minister. Mm-hmm. Minister. Minister Marcel. One I now. really like archers. I really like bow and arrows. I was going to say the same. <laughs> yes, I believe archers are in order. <laughs> there is a Alyssa kind of nods like, I happen to agree with you, Minister, now that the keep is finished. Well, now let's archers. think about it a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> just rolls her eyes like i will arrange to have archers dispatched uh it would be beneficial for the keep to have ranged defenses uh, as much as my trained squires are capable in combat nothing beats bows and crossbows behind sturdy stone walls very well very well i will get to work on creating a unit of archers for very you. well get to work i will excellent uh and uh, i believe the last thing that i have to do in terms of bookkeeping is provide magister azara with her research endeavors her last two adri fania sarah lee doesn't really give you the information on this but instead leaves you a book with a very delicately handwritten note i think it best I leave you to discover the secrets to this one, Magister. This seems personal. And it is a holy scripture book of the Elven Pantheon from long ago, uh, an older book. And there is a section in it that uh, Sarah Lee has highlighted. She's left markers for it and a, a bookmark. And it highlights the goddess uh, Adrifania. Um, I don't really need to give you the research on this because I know you, Mika Burton, have already done it. I but have. it basically, everything <laughs> you know about Fania. Uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, about Adri is there okay. the one thing I would add to it is that Adri Fania had a much bigger presence here in Cormir okay. long long ago um, back when that first alliance of the Feywild and elves and men was being forged against the dragons there was a lot of winged elves the, Ar- the Ariel uh, Ariel, the, the winged elves basically mm-hmm. they lived in kind of monasteries and temples amongst the Stormhorn Mountains, north of Evening Star. Griffin Mountains. Griffin Mountains as well. The aerial have diminished. They're, almost nobody sees them. They're not quite slipped into legend, but most people don't believe that they really existed, that it was elves using illusions or appearing that they could fly, but not actually having wings. Um, and because of that, Almost all traces of, of worship of Adri have, have faded from, from Cormier society. Like there aren't really many temples to her left. There tend to be old relics found in places like the mountains, the woods, um, things like that. But it has most of her tenants. It has most of her beliefs um, and her kind of uh, divine connection to the sky. Um, sometimes speaks of her occasional wrath with storms and tempests and things like that but she was always seen as a protective goddess summoning storms to protect her beloved ariel um and and punishing the wicked and that sort of thing um but yeah you gain pretty much all of that knowledge typhandrius a name recorded in a uh 
and a book uh, called, uh, it, it simply, it has like a, a, a name written in Draconic, but it translates to um, book, of, book of Dragon, the Book of Dragons. And it's an old Cormirian book that tracked dragons that attacked Cormir long ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the book, uh, a particular section has been highlighted uh, that Typhandrius was a blue dragon that, yeah, basically mm. ravaged the Stormhorn Mountains long, long ago. Uh, is believed to have destroyed several of Adrifania's temples, um, killing oh. some of the aerial uh, colonies and things like that there, as well as Cormirian settlements along, along that path. Um, very powerful, summoning tempests and storms and lightning bolts. One of the rare dragons that displayed unusual abilities um reading through this book occasionally there have been some dragons that have displayed abilities not seen in others abilities to shapeshift to become humanoids abilities to use magic not just like you know claws and breath weapons and things like that but actual spells of immense power um typhandrius was one such dragon uh, conjuring something called the Storm of Vengeance that destroyed several parts of uh, Cormir villages and things like that, um, creating walls of wa you know storms of lightning, walls of wind, um, able to conjure all these different spells um, and use their abilities in unique ways. Uh, these dragons are, are kind of rare, um, but generally seen as very dangerous. Um, and Typhandrius was one of them. And he's dead now. Oh yeah, uh, Typhandrius okay. uh, was killed by Cormirian knights about. I want to say sort of maybe 400 years ago. But uh, above game, Airdrie said that I, Azar is a descendant of, of mm. this, this boy. Mm -hmm. You are a draconic sorcerer, are you not? Uh, true. So specifically this boy. This, so. this Azaria would be, you know, be able to connect the dots. Um, right. Your mother never really told you too much about the Draconic heritage, mm -hmm. but you've obviously known that you have the scales and you have like some sort of connection to it. Um, and yeah, it seems that Typhandrius was the dragon that you are descended from somehow. That's not terrifying at all. Cool. Cool beans. Um, cool I also beans. want to make a note that during these eight weeks, I know that Alyssa was gone a lot, but whenever Alyssa mm -hmm. was back, uh, she mm. was invited to Azara's chambers for tea, as she promised would be a tradition. Invitation is very much accepted. Um, uh, tired uh, from these kind of excursions, and there is some, uh, you know, talk of, yeah, these kind of, uh, you know, ongoing battles and, you know, the concerns with the Fae. Um, she tells you all about these battles and how they're set upon and how they seem to just be attacking innocent travelers and worrying about the future of it. And I think that there's probably some conversations long into the night about what all that means and kind of confessing of uh, difficulties and stress and things like that. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. You spend that, that quality time with Alyssa as well. Wanted some slow burn added in there. You know, I want to make sure that's known. I will point out one thing. That book with the dragons, the, the book of dragons, uh, the yeah. draconic one, um, pages are missing. Of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. Okay. Yep. Uh, does it seem recent or does it seem uh, like. So, specifically, it's one section. So, it details um, you kind of reading through the book and it goes to the list. Uh, there was an attack on Arabelle long ago that nearly destroyed the city. 
-hmm. every single dragon that attacked it the names are missing the pages are gone Mm, okay can i tell from the pages if it's like a recent rip out or no this is this probably happened a long time ago interesting okay um do i have time to within this after i've noticed that send a letter to the war wizards of arabelle you may I, do uh, the, their chief one is with. dead right the, uh, panam who, died whoever you know took over somebody from took panam. over sure yeah yeah um sure, just sure, sure. inquiring saying you know i've been doing some research about mm, dragons and elves and Feywild and how all that's connected and as i was perusing through this book i noticed that some pages were missing of the names of the dragons who attacked arabelle mm-hmm. inquiring if if y'all I'm sorry, thou knowest. You can say y'all. <laughs> I love y'all. Sorry, if y'all know what's up. Y'all know what's up with these dragons. Y- y'all know what, what, what the heck's going on here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Noted. Thank you. Noted for you. Perfect. Uh, all right. Well, that's pretty much everything I had on my list of stuff that I needed to either update you about, you guys had to make a decision about, upgrades. Um, oh, actually, one last thing. You are now at a point where you have some money and you can make decisions and you don't have to make them this week. You can make them Magic next spa. week. Magic spa. So new buildings <laughs> that you would like. Think about new buildings that you'd like. If you'd like to upgrade things that you already have to improve their effects. So if you want to be able to make weapons and armor cheaper and therefore equip your own units easier, you could upgrade the blacksmiths. That would also make making magic items easier. If you wanted to upgrade the herbalist to get more potions or additional things, you could do that. Um, that's going to cost money. Um, they are all level one. You basically have a level one keep and level one services, let's call them. Uh, you can pay money to make them better. It is expensive. We're talking a thousand gold to level up like the blacksmith or the herbalist or whatever. To level up the keep, which would mean you could make it larger. You could add new rooms. You could make it more defensible. You can really style it how you want. You want to add like a, a, a bathhouse to the keep. You can do that. To upgrade the keep to a level two keep costs 5,000 gold. We don't have so that. <laughs> you might do when you go adventuring. So just keep that in mind. Um, well, remember, we went adventuring and we got a, a combined 31 to 20. By adventuring, I mean you guys go adventuring. Oh, quite, quite. <laughs> yes, your units are going to pull in a very uh, small amount with low rolls, but yeah, they're more for like uh, little bits of extra, little little spending money, a little bit of a uh, pocket change. Uh, and happiness quotient. And those ha- yeah, I was going to say those happiness points, I think, are even more happiness valuable. Happiness points, happiness points, baby. Um, I really like also, that like, effect I, that it just gives yeah. us a boost. A little boost, like it's you know, don't get. A, there's no chance for anything good. I will make a point if if the boys had rolled uh, three full successes, if they got all successes, uh, you find a a very good amount of gold and an uncommon magic item. <laughs> Let's go again. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go again. Every month, every season, just roll them. Um, well, you'll get, you'll have your chance to do that in the future, but unfortunately, these this season has now passed. Um, um, may I inquire one thing? Yes. Um, cool. You said that the blacksmith could make magic items, and I know we had previously discussed a, a bracer of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, how much would a a bracer of some sort? possibly magical races of defense of some sort 
So AC increasing braces is what you are you are interested. I would in, yes? I would like an AC a little bit more than my current one. Correct, sir. That is fine. Uh, well, there's a couple of different ways you could do this. Uh, these are so braces of defense because of your dragon scales. I don't think would benefit you too much, but something like a cloak of protection or like a ring of protection probably would. Um, those things can be those things can be made. Um, it would probably cost something along the lines of about thousand gold. So <gasps> blacksmith would reduce that by ten percent at the moment. So you'd be talking about nine hundred gold. I will wait until we pillage something. Sure. Uh, Marcel, if you wanted to look at getting new armor as well um, to boost up that AC, um, you can get mundane armor. Um, have a look in the, the equipment and see if that's something you're interested in. Yeah, let me look. Yeah, I mean, just like not even magic items. Like, I would like to get full. I want a suit of full plate or half plate or a shield. You know, that stuff is all totally doable. Same goes for pretty much everybody, I think. Uh, I can't remember what. Agnes can and can't wear. But yeah, something to think about. Not not necessarily right now, but maybe for next week. Um, have that in the forefront of your mind. Um, but yeah, Marcel, I don't know if you want to kind of chat to the rest of the group. That's pretty much everything I had. So it's really just Marcel's now knowledge uh, that Hadley has some intel on the science. Uh, if you want to speak to the rest of your party. I would actually talk to Tarkal first. first. Yeah, sure. Just Aww, besties. Friendos. Friendos. I would essentially just convey uh, what Hadley said and say that I I wanna I wanna go in there and I wanna heck them up. Well, if hecking them up is something you want to do now, then we should. Do you do you want to? I, I think we'll have the most success if we bring Azara and Agnes in on this. Did I get the the sense of how much reinforcement we might want to bring? Or was it just kind of like bring everything you can? He mentioned there were two mercenary units. Um, and if they're not like that, he didn't give the impression that these are like scrub mercenaries. They're probably mm -hmm. pretty decent mercs. Um, now units means like, you know, like 50 people in each kind of thing. Uh, you guys can, you know, fight individuals like you could go in and you'll probably be good against fighting against the scions themselves but to get in there you'll probably want to have hadley's forces and maybe some of the evening star forces as well um but yeah certainly to go into there you're going to want the whole party i think uh but if you want to go in there just the two of you i can come up with something for agnes and the zara to do uh, and we'll see how that goes um <laughs> uh, marcel would mention just I'm I'm not sure if they would even be on board with this. That's that's fair. Um I I think they'd want to help, but if you don't if you're not ready to to let more people know, and, and truthfully, you might not even have to let them know everything that we've talked about. Mm. But I the little time I've gotten to spend with my sister, I don't think she'd want to leave us hanging, so to speak. And Azara, she's very powerful, and I know she wants to help. Mm. I, I know, I know the magic is tough, but right, right. having it on our side when going into these scions that obviously are well versed in magic could be 
immeasurably helpful. Right. Okay, I'll um, I'll talk to everyone else if everyone will spare a minute. Sure. I think um, Marcel the sword well, would probably say something along the lines of like, I know you're hesitant, but we need somebody who can understand their their rituals, their spells, their magic. Uh, I can't, brother. I, I it's beyond me. But I think if anybody can, Azara and her scholar probably are the ones to do it. I know we, it's a struggle to trust them, but I fear that we will need their help eventually. I assume that much. You can, we can do this. We'll be all right. And then, yeah, he kind of he goes quiet after that. Mm. Yeah, I'll talk. I'll um, if 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 Agnes and Azara aren't too busy. Sure. I uh, I have something to ask of you. There Agnes are... is like, yeah, yes, of course. I wish to use our combined forces for something that, in all honesty, is more personal than it is beneficial for Evening Star. What is this something? There are war wizards, scions, that we've found that I've been searching for for quite a while that brought great harm to my family when I was very young. I wish to to seek either answers or, or vengeance. Can you tell us more about these people? Certainly, if we're going to commit our forces, we must know why you consider them so dangerous and so evil. They practice magic and rituals and abuse their powers in ways that I think would be found unethical. They are not on the side of morality. They are on the side of gain, personal benefit. They seek power for the sake of it. Can you be sure that Evening Star will be protected while the rest of our units are away? That is, that is a risk. I well, we can, we can leave behind the new archers, perhaps, uh, and with the keep up built, uh, I, I feel as though this is something we might be able to do. Is the keep built so that like the villagers could all run into it and be safe? Yeah, as an emergency, they, that's the whole point, is that if, yeah. if you know, the town comes under attack, they can run to the keep, get inside, and then there are stores and supplies, and then people can fight from within it as well. But it's also like it looks out onto the village, so any trouble coming, the people in the keep, like the scouts and stuff, would be able to see trouble coming. Um, Quick question. 
Yes. Um, as uh, Marcel is talking about this, mm-hmm. would Azara realize that this is the Netheril, like magic, like that he's talking about? I think. About? I think that like the research you've done on the runes, connecting with the stuff that Marcel is talking about, like mm-hmm. wizards who are after power and gain and things mm-hmm. like that. But also, he said a word, Scion. Scion, make an intelligence check for me, Azara. Just, just a straight up D twenty plus intelligence. This Ooh, is like wait, a memory I think I'm thing. good at that. Where? Oh, I am good at that. Yeah, I'm good at that. Dirty twenty. Day twenty. There's flashes of a memory, like <clears throat> the the word itself kind of triggers like a, a half heard conversation of a couple of war wizards that you didn't really know that you didn't speak to, but whispering in hushed tones. And, you know, they didn't think you could hear them, but you overheard like the, you know, kind of like uh, the scions will be displeased. You remember seeing uh, something on a, on a document in a, in a prominent war wizards uh, study. Once um, you saw the word scion meeting place, Stuff that kind of would have drawn your curiosity, but was never directly mentioned to you or or kind of like, you know, pressed you for information. So you never really thought too much about it at the time. But Marcel speaking of war wizards and scions and power and netheril, it's all kind of triggering those memories for you. Um, I don't mean to speak out of turn here, Marcel. This is obviously something incredibly personal to you. Um, However, if there are powerful mages that are using their powers for anything nefarious or that could possibly be of harm to you as you are in charge of the defense of our city they have to be dealt with Um, i don't think it best to tie up a hundred percent of our resources and leave our town completely vulnerable as we investigate Mm. especially if they are powerful and gods forbid we don't come back then what of our city um, but I, I do think that if this is something not only important to the wellness of our people, but the wellness of our minister, we should pursue it. And as I've said before many times, I know you grunt and roll your eyes. If I or Sara Lee can be of any service magically, please let us know. Thank you. Agnes nods and she's like, I agree. Marcel is an important part of Evening Star and we should protect him and his family as well. I I appreciate that. And with this, what you see fit for whatever can be provided for this, I will be in your debt. If, if I may, Sarah Lee's her name? Yes. If there is time, if I may speak with, with her alone, I might have some questions. I don't know how um, comfortable she feels around you. You scare her shitless. <laughs> um, that is fair. However, <laughs> I... I I know it's hard for mercenaries and men who keep to themselves such as as yourself to trust. Uh, I would like to hope that 
whatever you are telling her, you're fine telling me, seeing as if something magical needs to happen, she does not have the power to do so. I do. Um, we would be happy to welcome you into a quiet chamber to speak about what you need. Right. I'll think on that. Take your time. Well, that, my friends, seems like an excellent place to end today's episode. And we will pick this up next week with you guys heading out to, well, with a few small addendums before we head out, but heading out to pursue this lead on the Scions of the Shattered uh, Light, I believe uh, they are called. Um, even I have to check my own notes. Shattered Dawn? Shattered Light. Light. God, I actually wrote shattered it down. Something. Shattered it, Light. It's Shattered Light. Shattered Light. I wrote it down and then I doubted myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we will uh, pick up with you guys uh, going to investigate this uh, potential lead against them. And I hope y'all are ready for some dungeons. Yeah! <laughs> hey. I can't wait for dungeon crawling! I'm so excited! So yeah, uh, we'll crack on with that next week. But that's good. We've got like a lovely kind of bit of building up evening star, like getting all the bookkeeping done and setting it all up and understanding where all the characters have been and what they've been up to. Um, and yeah, we get like a nice little bit of a jump skip. And then we're going to go uh, back into uh, a bit of plot next week. So that's nice. it. We're going to rattle through uh, some shouts because there's another stream after us. So let's do this real quick. Uh, go, Anna. Whoa, Shady Penguin, what's that you're wearing and where did you get it? Oh, this lovely sweatshirt or this darling hat. Uh, this is from Cantrip Brand. Uh, really sporty, magical clothes that may or may not make it impossible to roll critical failures. Wow. I might go to cantripbrand.com to get some for myself or my loved ones today. That would be a great idea. Also, if you guys want to watch the Acting Holiday special where Evelyn and Strix uh, show up, then be sure to tune in on December 12th. It's part of Dungeons and Dragons holiday extravaganza. And uh, also another really cool small shop to support. We Crowing Hens, Holly Conrad, who plays Strix, uh, has a great shop as well. And I oh. choose Nate. I, we plug cantrip. So, I mean, you know, that's that's about all I got. Uh... Card openings. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm opening lots of cards. You can tune in tomorrow at... Uh, sometime pacific standard time at youtube.com slash name wants to battle games i'm opening the, these they're japanese and shiny they're shiny uh, exciting mika hello my name is mika burton uh i'm here doing stuff follow me on twitter at mika burton i also have a dog her name is rini uh she's very cute at rini's wild shape uh i think anna also wants to plug her dog i, totally oh, I heard i heard the i heard the gasp um, also, I just wanted to take this time to say, Nate, if you find any Pikachu cards that you don't want, please send them to my house. Thank you very much. That, that's it. Can do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, Niski wants to say, if you want to follow her on Instagram, go to happy Niski, N-I-Z-K-I. Rini and Niski follow each other on Instagram and they're probably going to have wholesome so moments. So you cute. can follow both of them. So yeah. cute. Shade. Can I, can I, can I tag back in really quick and do it? Plug something I forgot. Um, yeah, all these card openings, by the way, these are openings where I sell slots and I, I just wanted to plug really quick. Um, a portion of the proceeds are going towards a fundraiser. We're raising money for St. Jude, uh, which That's is awesome. my favorite things to support. It's not like a one-time 
big fundraising event. It's more yeah. just like over the next few months as we do this, uh, we have a goal of $20,000. That'd be super cool if we could do that. And it's going to be great. And that's, I'm, I'm interrupting now. W, uh, I agree. Hi, my name's Shady Penguin. Uh, you should support that endeavor by buying slots from Nate. I really can't wait till the world is safe because I'm really in the mood to take pictures with everyone in this call. Like, I really want to be like the Crown Silver Twins having a drink and then like uh, Azara reading a book and casting a spell. Like, just, oh, I really want to do that. And that's my whole shout out, Mark. Thanks, Sadie. What a lovely little thing. Uh, you can catch me on my regular show, High Rollers. We got our Christmas special episode this weekend as part of the Dogs Cast Jingle Jam, which is a big charity event going on. Uh, you can check that out on both twitch.tv forward slash High Rollers D&D and twitch.tv forward slash Dogscast. That's on Sunday at 5 p.m. UK time. Um, another big one, which I want to shout out, is on the High Rollers D&D channel. We just launched a big, fancy cyberpunk uh, 2077 RPG one-shot. Uh, we put a lot of work into it. We actually got to together and played in person very safely i should point out but it was really cool the production value is really fun on it you should go and check that out that's on our youtube channel um and then apart from that you can just catch me on all of my platforms twitch and youtube and twitter sherlock underscore humes that's it thanks very much thank you white text friend and that is us we're going to pass you over because i think it's the dnd beyond team up next goodbye goodbye